0: Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride.
1: All right, we made it, baby. The NFL season is finally here. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary, back with another episode of Just Jets. It's episode number 133. Today, we're going to get into my final preview and prediction show for the 2022 NFL season. We'll talk a little Jets, Ravens, but more of that later in the week. And then we're going to get into your voicemails. But before all of that, smooth sack summer is slowly coming to an end. If you haven't been escaping for the summer sun, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. Oh boy, as summer comes to an end and we enter fall, you gotta keep your boys clean and fresh just in time for Fresh Ball Fall. Ooh, I like the alliteration there, Fresh Ball Fall. The leader in Below the waist Grooming is here to make sure your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girlfriend's pumpkin spice latte. Start the new season the right way and join over 6 million men worldwide, 6 million now, who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off, Free shipping with my code JETS20, 20 at Manscaped.com. Pick yourself up something nice. Let's hop into today's episode. It's going to be a little bit more casual. I don't have as many notes as I usually, not that I'm a huge note taker to begin with, but literally my note outside of the, the caller's names is JETS 2020, 2022 Season Preview Expectations and Predictions. So essentially what I'm going to do is just go through... My thoughts coming up here on the upcoming season and obviously a really big test against the Baltimore Ravens in week one, where I think we'll start again, kind of just going to be brief here because we're going to get more into previewing the game on Thursday leading up to uh, the Jets game uh, at the home opener, which if you guys don't know, I will be at It'll be me, Greenbean, Ryan. Uh, we're going to be with the Jets Lounge crew at their tailgate, which is in lot D. In more information on their website, thejetlounge.com. Uh, so you could check that out. And then also we're going to be sitting with them in the hangar. Can't wait for that. It's It's been a long time coming. I'm so amped up, man. I am so excited for it. All right. So a couple things here. Let's get into the expectations for this. First, this game and then the season. Obviously, as of recording this, no idea if Zach Wilson's going to play or not. My assumption is it's going to be Joe Flacco. That's my safe bet. Unless Zach starts practicing like Monday, Tuesday, like right away, and then you get a full week of practice then that's a different story. But I don't want this guy coming in with like one or two practices under his belt. And then it's, hey, let's throw you in now and try to see if you can compete, which I just, I don't think that's fair. I don't think, I think that's going to put him in a tough spot. And I think Joe Flacco can manage the game and keep it close, which that's honestly what I expect from this game. And again, I'm going to go more into the preview, the ins and outs, the X's and O's, but I don't think this game's going to be a blowout. Um, I know that Baltimore, because they run the ball a lot, is a tough matchup on paper for this Jets team who really struggled against the run last year. But I really think this is going to be a game that is uh, on the lower scoring side. And I think the Jets do enough to hang around. Now, do I think they're going to come out and win this game? I don't know. More on that later in the week when we get into predictions. I'll tease it for a 27th time in this monologue here. Uh, Unintentional, by the way. Uh, I think it'll be close and I think the Jets will be more competitive and they'll show right away that they will be more competitive than what some people realize, which even if they don't win the game and if things go as I expect where they're hanging around, I think that'll put some people on notice who think the Jets are just going to be a pushover team, which is the perfect, perfect segue into what I really want to get into here In my expectations and preview for the 2022 season, the Jets can't be a pushover team for a third year and well, really more than three years in a row. It's been it's been bad for a very, very long time from pretty much 2016 on. It's felt like the Jets have been a pushover team. Right In 2016, it was the bring back the veterans, and then the veterans stopped caring and were fighting, which that was awful. 2017, full teardown, awful roster. They were supposed to be the worst team in the NFL, ended up winning four games. 2018, with the rookie Darnold. Okay, you had rookie Sam Darnold to, to look forward to, but Mike McCagnan was... Full in on his awful GMing at that point. Then the Jets bring in Adam Gase, which was a lost cause to begin with. 2019, they somehow get to seven wins, but they start like one and eight to start that season. Gross. 2020, wheels completely off. This is the start of like real, real, real bad pushover football. Jets win two games. Gross. Last year, four and 12. Zach Wilson misses top or four and 13. Sorry, forgot there is a 17 game season now. Uh, Four and 13. Gross, gross, gross. Their defense looked okay for the first four weeks or so of the season. Off the rails after that. Too many blowouts. The Jets need to in 2022. They might not have a winning record. Probably won't, if we're being realistic, won't have a winning record, but they have to be a competitive team. This team just can't get blown out week after week and like blown out by teams that really aren't that good. Like New England last year, yeah, they they won they won 10 games and were a wild card team. They get their doors blown off in the wild card game by Buffalo. There's no reason you should be giving up 50 plus points to the Patriots. You should not be so uncompetitive against Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos back in week 3. It's there's uh, the the Colts game is another example. That game was closer than what it really was because of some garbage time, but just defense complete non-factor. You you can't have games where they're complete blowouts. You also can't be uncompetitive or or, yeah uncompetitive in the division. The Jets haven't won a divisional game since twenty nineteen. When the Jets beat Matt Barkley and the Buffalo Bills in the final game of the season in Week 17, the Bills rested their starters because they already clinched the playoff spot and they had nothing to play for. That's the last time. 0-6 in the division the last two years. Unacceptable. Haven't beaten New England since 2015. That has to change this year. Sorry, if you can't be in the same realm of competitiveness with the New England Patriots at this point, they deserve a whole lot of praise for what they did for, you know, 20 plus years before this bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, Tom Brady goat quarterback. He's not here anymore. He's not. And also going into this year, yes, 10 and seven playoff spot. Pretty nice. Mac Jones, did enough to, as, as a rookie quarterback. If Jamar Chase doesn't exist, probably wins rookie of the year, right? But with this roster around them, they have nobody playing cornerback. Not a soul. Can you name who their starting corners are going to be? Their wide receiver room is... Eh. They have like three okay receivers. They have two tight ends. The offensive line's good, and they're going to try to run the ball. But that defense took a pretty big step back from the offseason, and they also lost their play caller. So you have Matt Patricia come back, right? And he's going to call plays. Does that give you a boat of confidence up in New England? It shouldn't. And if the Jets can't be in the same ballpark of competitiveness with them, that's an issue. That is an issue. I'm not saying sweep them. But can you win your home game against New England? Can you win your home game against the Miami Dolphins? Like, let's be real here. They should have beat Miami last year with a worse team and with Joe Flacco starting. They should have won that game. They just gave up a fluky, weird bomb of a play from Tua Tagovailoa. But this year, hey, you have a new starting safety in Jordan Whitehead. That should help. You have two new starting corners. In Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, that should help. Carl Lawson coming back, oh, yeah, that should also help. Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clown, you know, everyone on that defensive line, that's got to be the bread and butter of this defense, the defensive line. They really have to get after it. So what I want to see there, I guess we'll start on the defensive side and then get into more of the offensive side of things. They can't be non-competitive, which is like the theme of this intro here is them being non-competitive for so long. The theme has to be this for this defense. Pressure, especially from the interior guys. Quinton Williams and John Franklin Myers on pass rushing snaps are going to be screaming up the middle on the interior. I like that duo a lot, and we didn't really get to see it thrive as much last year because the Jets had zero edge presence when they lost Carl Lawson for the season before the year even started and then missed most of Bryce Huff. And I know to the casual fan, they're going to say, you're really complaining about Bryce Huff. Isn't he just a rotational player? He is. But if you look up his numbers since coming into the league, he is one of the best edge rushers in pass rush win, win rate. When he's in, he's getting pressures and he's a good player. And they added to that. Now, Sauce Gardner is someone as the fourth overall pick who has to come in and have an immediate impact defensive rookie of the year is probably not in the cards, not for any fault of his own. It's just not a position a award that goes to cornerbacks very often. It's usually an edge rusher. It's usually uh, a linebacker. It's very rarely someone in the secondary. I think 2015 was the last time um, it was Mika Parsons last year who, I mean, a linebacker, but he gets after the quarterback. Uh, it's usually guys like that. So um, I would think in Hutchinson Kevon Thibodeau, uh, guys like that are probably the early favorites and for good reason, but he has to be an immediate impact guy has to be the linebacker room has to be more consistent. Also, I'm excited for Quan Alexander this year, which is not anything new. If you've followed along with me all off season, I, I was talking about how the linebacker position scares me. Um, but adding Quan in, I think he should really help out with the coverage because just Jess- Way too often get burned by tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. So I think Kwan Alexander, Jordan Whitehead, and hopefully LaMarcus Joyner, if he stays on the field, would help some of those issues last year. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, all offseason long, too, we've talked about this. And as cliche as it sounds, everything has to go through Zach Wilson. That That's the biggest thing for this team is figuring out what the hell do we have at the quarterback position? Cause in his rookie year, there were a lot of lows and there were a lot of flashes. It was a mix of both. It was very rarely like he was in the middle. It was either the highest of highs and the lowest of low train wrecks. You have to have some level of consistency. And to Joe Douglas's credit, I think he did a good job putting pieces around him where you'll have a better idea Last go-round when the Jets had Sam Darnold, unfortunately, didn't really know what he was after year two. I felt pretty good about him, but he missed time due to mono. The offensive line was atrocious, atrociously bad in 2019, and their weapons were non existent. They didn't have anybody in 2019. Le'Veon Bell was a huge flop on the offensive side of the ball. Robbie Anderson was Robbie. You know, uh, he's was fine. But outside of that, what did you have? Demarius Thomas, right? He was there in 2019. Was he 2019 or 2020? Demarius Thomas. But they had, um, oh my God, who was that other receiver that they had then too? Uh, Chad, not not Chad Hansen. No, the other, the oh my God, the lacrosse player who was on New England for those years. You guys know who I mean. Are you gonna make me pull up the 2019 roster right now? Am I gonna to have to do it? Oh god. 2019 Jet stats. We're doing it. Receiving y- yards. Jamison Crowder. Okay. That was Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson was nice. But Demarius Thomas, Ryan Griffin as your leading tight end, Vincent Smith. Chris Rookie Chris Herndon. Oof! And it was Hogan, by the way, that was the receiver that I was thinking of tough. You don't have that. Now you say, okay, you have good weapons around you. You invested in Brees hall who like legitimately, I think has a chance for offensive rookie of the year. I wouldn't say that as I, I like to say that I'm pretty even killed with my takes. I don't think I go overly positive or overly negative. Um, And the reason I say that is because you have people in the comments who say that I'm way too positive. And then you have people saying I'm way too negative. So that probably means I'm somewhere in the middle. That's where I think I am at least. And um, where I want to be is somewhere in the middle. I wouldn't say that if I didn't believe it. I think he has a legitimate shot because when you look around the league, how many of these rookie quarterbacks are going to play right away? Can he pick it? Maybe. But are we going to really jump in on the George Pickens bandwagon when he's has uh, Chase Claypool to deal with and Pat Fryermuth to deal with and Najee Harris to take touches away from him and Deontay Johnson and all those guys. Is he going to put up enough numbers to do it? I just need this team to be competitive and we need to know what the hell you have with Zach Wilson. It's as simple as that. That's what this season comes down to. And... Some people aren't going to like that. The people in the comments who are saying that Chris Trevler is the better quarterback and you got to see what you have in Mike White also. Can't forget about Mike White. Uh, And the ones who are more comfortable with Joe Flacco. With where this team is, they are extremely, extremely, extremely young and developing. They have to continue to grow and develop together. They have to. And the biggest piece is at the quarterback position. Your number two overall pick. What is he? And hopefully by year's end, you know the answer to that. Robert Salah is a rookie last, head coach last year. Has to get better in game management situations. Too many times I thought he went a little too conservative. Um, settling for field goals instead of going forward on fourth and short. Uh, taking timeouts because they in, in bad situations because they weren't prepared. Or the team not getting off the bus. Like some of these things you live with because last year they were bad. They can't be that bad. You can't be a bottom five team. Can't be picking in the top five. All anyone is reasonably asking is to go out, look like an NFL team, win seven, eight, maybe nine games if things break right. That would be great. Maybe get nuts and win 10. I don't think that's happening, but who the hell knows? I think realistically, the floor, the floor, things don't go well for this team Six wins. Anything less than six wins would be an unmitigated disaster of a season. It would. And anything more than eight wins, in my opinion, is gravy. If it happens, great. If they if they somehow make the playoffs in the loaded AFC, I would be thrilled. But if they're somewhere in that seven, eight win, maybe nine win range, and they miss out on the playoffs, but there are a lot of positive signs and the young guys look good, that is something tangible that you could say, okay, that was a fun season. And now it's time to compete with all of these guys on their rookie deals. And you can continue to supplement the roster elsewhere and draft. Well, hopefully not like the 2020 class and more the 2021 and 22 and build this team up. That's what it comes down to. And if that doesn't happen, if they are picking in the top five, if Zach Wilson doesn't look good, if Robert Salah is still making the same mistakes, they're on. They're a 30-second defense in the league, they're not competitive, and they win four games again, major problem. That's a major, major problem for this Jets team. So hopefully that's not the case. And that's my expectations or what I want to see from this 2022 season. It's not asking a lot. It's saying, look like a real NFL team. Look like a real football team. And hang around and not have your season be over in October. Play the meaningful games in December. Maybe you're sitting around like, if the Jets are 6-6 and and in that in-the-hunt graphic towards the end of the year with five games to go, I could take that. I could live with that. And then we'll see what happens from there. But really not asking a lot. Sorry for the little bit of a rant, but just needed to get that off my chest. Those are my final thoughts and expectations heading into week one of the NFL season. Let's do it. All right, let's get into those voicemails. Before we do, just a reminder that you can be betting with BUSR, BUSR.com slash Matt to sign up. If you sign up with that link, you are getting a 100% match deposit bonus and 25 casino chips. That's where I'll be putting my action for the New York Jets this season and for Jets Ravens. So more coverage throughout the week on my expectations there. And if you're going to bet on the NFL, Make sure to do it with BUSR. Let's get into those voicemails. We have Max calling in from New Jersey. He wants to talk. Strebler. Okay, that's fine. Let's do it. And a record prediction too. Okay, cool.
2: Hi, this is Max. And here's a couple of takes. So Chris Strebler looks really good. He should be uh, the, he should be like the back of quarterback. And so this is on my rep, so And my second point is I want to like, for so the Jets' uh, record predictions, I think the Jets are going to go uh, nine and eight this year. I think they're going to start off two and zero, being the Ravens week one, and we're going to meet the Browns week two.
1: Two zero start. I think
2: everyone thinks oh the Jets to be so bad. I think it's nine and eight. Everyone says schedules schedule is tough. I understand first eight weeks, but I think our team could be like five and four. And the Waypoint we we beat beat the Ravens week one. We beat. We beat the Browns week two because the challenge is suspended. We beat the Bengals week three. We beat the Steelers week four. So we're going to start off four now. We're going to be perfect September because they have seen where it's not that good a division. We're going to lose to Buffalo. We're going to lose to Denver. We're going to lose to Patriots twice. We're going to lose to the Dolphins. And then we're going to beat the Bears, the Lions, the Vikings, the the Packers. What's your thoughts on my record prediction and go Jets?
1: Appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, Max. I think Streveler was exciting, and I'm glad that he stuck on the practice squad at least. I uh, thought he deserved the roster spot. Record prediction, I think, is on the high end for uh, my, where I am optimistic-wise. He got me by a game. Um, so not. I, ha- I have them at eight wins still. I'm going to stick with that. Nine and eight, I think, would be a phenomenal year. Uh, and if that happens and they beat those teams that you just listed off... I think that means that Zach Wilson's the guy, which again, like I said earlier in the episode, I think is the most important thing about finding out what you have with your number two pick. Um, and that'd be great. The Jets haven't had a winning season since 2015. Um, and before that, 2011. So there's really only been two in the last little over 10 years. It's it's unacceptable. Um, and if they're able to end that streak this year, that'd be a surprise to me. But a really happy surprise. And it would be uh, great because it means this team is trending in the right direction. What I tell pretty much anyone who asks me about the Jets this year, you know, and after really the last few years of just being completely unwatchable, I think they're at least going to be fun. Even if they don't finish with a winning record, I think there's going to be weeks and I think there's going to be games where they're at least a fun product to watch because of the young and exciting talent. So it's really up to them. If the young, exciting talent hits, then yeah, I think they could hit your uh, prediction there. Let's do John from Tennessee. He wants to talk about how the Jets defense is going to play against the Ravens this week. Okay, good question.
3: Hey, Matt, it's John from Tennessee. Uh, thanks for the content, as always. Appreciate it. Uh, I've got kind of two things I'm for with you. Uh, one... With our first game against the uh, Ravens, I'm curious how you think we are going to defend them. I look at it and I go, you know, I, I trust that Soft could probably lock down uh, Rashad Bateman, who's the only receiver I see with any real potential for them, and D.J. Reed can do it as well, or, you know, put D.J. Reed on the second. I, I trust our corners to go all one-on-one with any of the receivers. Mm-hmm. So my real, only real concern then is, uh, tight end, you know, Mark Andrews, years. he's definitely got uh, some potential for their passing game. But outside of that, I just don't see their passing game threatening us. So do you think we sell out to stop the run? Do you think that we are pushing more to really even limit their passing game more by really selling out to stop Mark Andrews and just single covering the wide receivers? How do you think we decide to defend them? And then on the offensive side, do you think that we – how do you think we going to attack them? Do you think it's going to be a lot of over the middle stuff? Uh, do you think that it's going to be more on the edges? Do you think that we're going to be trying to uh, run straight down? Where, where do you think the offense goes against them? Just curious how you think uh, both offensively and defensively. We will be looking to take advantage of their weaknesses, just like they'll be looking to take advantage of ours. Uh and then second question is I've been seeing uh, different jet content creators posting something kind of in this realm and uh talking about fate and just you know, he's gone right now or give him a lifetime contract, which would you do? Personally, I give him lifetime contract. I just have seen what other jet general managers have done. Joe, and okay I don't trust it the way that I trust
1: what he's been able to do all right you're, you're breaking up a little bit but I think we got the the gist of the question here sorry about that John but I appreciate the call and I think you bring up a couple interesting points um, first with how the Jets defense is going to handle the Ravens I agree with what you said I think the biggest fear that I have is Lamar Jackson using his legs, the rushing attack. And then also on top of that, to me, it's Mark Andrews. What the hell are the jets going to do to stop Mark Andrews? And the tight end has been a position for a very, very long time that has been an issue for this team. It it just, it just flat out has, I think it's going to be a mix of whitehead and Quan Alexander In both stopping Andrews and also stopping Lamar. I think those two players are key for the New York Jets in week one. Quan has to be on the field. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people like Quincy Williams, but I think that this is a awful matchup for him because he's someone who he runs around like a maniac. But he way over pursues, which against a team, against someone like Mark Andrews who could run as good routes as he does, and then against Lamar Jackson who can make people miss like he does, that is a complete recipe for disaster for this guy. Kwan has to be on the field, and I think those two would be the keys to this Jets defense containing the Ravens offense. It's going to be a good offense. It's not going to be an easy task, but if they're at least able to contain them a little bit, Those are the two guys I'm keeping an eye on as well as the pass rush. I obviously think the the front four has to do their job against the Ravens offensive line, which is good. The second part with the Joe Douglas one is very interesting. Oh, because I I see both sides of the argument on this one because people point to the record uh, and say that they haven't won enough, which is which is true. And a lot of people say that's not fair because he's cleaning up the mess which he has, but Joe Douglas is not without some flaws. Um, I still think that this team for years has not done enough at the uh, at the kicking position, left that vacant for, for too long. Hopefully, Zerloin fixes that. Uh, it took him a little bit with the offensive line to get going. Um, it was a massive mistake to let Robbie walk for Brashad Perryman. Thankfully, uh, has you know, written off that wrong or, or rewrite, I, I, whatever the phrase is. My, my brain is not working right now. Um, safety right now is an issue. Tight end being as bad as what it was for a long time was an issue. Um, but I do like what he's done with trades. And these last two draft classes, I am extremely, extremely impressed with. It has to click on the field. I guess if I gun to my head right now have to make a choice, I would say, give me the lifetime right now. I'm nervous about it because he still has a lot to prove because this team hasn't won anything yet under his tenure. But I think the young core that he is building here is exciting enough for me to say, all right. And the trades are exciting enough for me to say, okay, I think he at least gets it, where guys like Mike McCagnan and John Idzik were just so lost and awful, awful, awful that I think you at least sign up and say Okay, at least this guy has like has half a clue how the NFL works. So I think that's where I'm sticking. All right, Jack from Atlanta's up next. He wants to talk about how the Jets are going to do. All right. Hey, man. This
2: is Jack O'Neill. I'm from Opera, Georgia, or Atlanta, Georgia. Now I was just wondering how you feel about that. the Streveller cut and you know, how you think about the Jets this year, man. Love what you do, man. See ya.
1: Yeah, so the Streveller cut, well, again, was a little bit surprising to me, but. um. And overall, I mean, look, I hit on it early on in this episode, my expectation. It's just they have to be competitive. They can't just be a pushover team like they have been for the last few years. And I think they come probably somewhere around seven or eight wins this year. I think that's completely reasonable to expect uh, from them. And yeah, I really don't think it's asking a lot. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but it should be a fun year and a building year, hopefully. Let's do Travis from Ohio. He has some takes on the AVT trade after that's kind of unfolded. And uh, got to love the Minnesota Vikings moving on from the two third-round picks that they used.
4: Hey, Matt. What's up, to you? Travis from Ohio. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. I know roster cuts are going on and waiver wires and everything else. But let me tell you, when the Vikings cut Kellen Mond. He was one of our third round picks that we traded up for for ABT to the Vikings. Like that was was huge on my conscience because I couldn't have Kellen Mond being better than Zach, (laughs) who was our second overall pick, and we traded a third round pick for that dude. And... Listen to the rest of that trade, all right, to ease your mind. And I know nobody's talking about it, or maybe nobody even cares. But we got ABT, and we traded our first-round pick, which was Seattle, and backed up to uh, – we. well, we got um, – we went off to get ABT, and we traded uh, – all right. The Vikings got Christian Darisol, a tackle, and he's had two groin injuries. And I guess he has a ton of potential, but he's always been injured. And then the two third-round picks, Kellen Mond, quarterback, cut. Wyatt Davis, Ohio Buckeye, your buddy, Edgar, uh, guarded that we we were talking about that we liked. I liked him. Out. He got cut, too. So then uh, we got a fourth-round pick from them, from the Vikings, that we traded to the Raiders. They took Tyree Gillespie, who the Raiders then traded to the Titans for a conditional pick that the Raiders never got because the Titans cut him. So he got three guys cut and one guy all injured from that whole thing. And we got ABT, and then from that pick that we traded to the Raiders, we got picks that result in Brandon Knuckles, Jason Pinnock, and Jonathan Marshall. Now I know Pinnock and Marshall got cut, but they might be back on the practice squad, but still, we basically trade for uh, we got ABT for Eccles for an Austin injured potentially decent left tackle, so that that trade and everything is justified totally, and um,
1: you got to feel good about it. Oh, he gets cut off, but I agree. You got to feel good about it, and I I love 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 the uh, the analytic nerds are coming out in full force at the time and still were defending that the AVT trade was actually bad. it's just look I'm not I'm not anti-analytic at all I think it's a useful tool but I think people who just only look at things through that lens it's just so misguided. Uh, And I think the people who also are like bash analytics no matter what and are just full eye test, I think that's also misguided. I think you need to be somewhere in the middle and use it as a tool because there's more context to what the Jets were doing. Yes, they traded up for a guard, but they had a historically poor interior offensive line and it worked and they had a ton of other picks. Over the last couple of years, so it's not like they didn't have any picks, and they only traded up for the. It's just, it's such a frustrating debate to have with people, but it ended up working out for the Jets. It's fine, and you know what? the The Vikings are probably okay with uh, who they got in the first round when they moved back to anyway. So yeah, the third rounders didn't work out, which it's kind of what happens a lot of times with your mid round picks. More often than not, they don't work. So. The Jets went up and got aggressive and took who they wanted, an AVT who was considered to be the best interior guy in that class. So you know what? My Stance on it then, my stance on it now remains the same. It's fine. was a non-issue and it worked out. Thank you, Travis, for bringing that up because anytime we could dunk on them, it feels good to do. Let's do uh, Nick from Jersey. He wants to go through uh, a couple of different things here. Hey, yo, Matt O'Leary. It's
0: Nick calling from New Jersey. What's up, here? Um, just want to comment on these Jets. We can't get away from any controversy, you know. Um, It's a little tough. With controversy, there's always something in the headlines, whether that's with the Jets. Because the Giants, they don't get it as bad as us sometimes, and they've been worse. And we just can't get away from it. Now, do we need to become a team that just needs to just ignore the distraction like a Den Mims and Makai Beckton. It just seems like no matter what regime, there's always something, whether it's criminal activity, whether it's I want to play more or a guy can't get healthy. So it always just seems like some sort of drama. And I just want to add in here, do you think we kept Cager because they think Jeremy Rucker is not ready for the season? Maybe no. physically and health-wise he's ready? But maybe he needs time to get those reps back that he lost. So they thought maybe we can keep Cager because he'll get claimed if we cut him. I don't know. Just my thoughts on those two subjects. Let me know what you think, Matt. And as always, go Jets.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for the call in and thank you for checking in. Controversy is just always going to come around. And the Jets are a big market team. And the con- controversy this year was Mims requested a trade. Okay wide receiver five or six requested a trade and Zach Wilson allegedly banged his mom's friend. Those are the two big controversies this year. So if that's it, I I can live with that. Um, I would I'm not trading places with the Browns. I'm not trading places with, uh, Who else had some minutes? The Giants, you know, I thought the Giants had some controversy things. Like, for instance, their GM just basically came out and said that this is like the cards, we're in a tough spot. This is the cards we were dealt. It's not really a boat of confidence right before the season starts. So um, I wouldn't trade that, the Jets situation, really. Um, I'm fine with where they are. And as far as uh, Ruckert goes, I think he's going to be utilized a lot more as a blocker this year. And I think Cager. You know, as I said with the whole uh, predictions on the 53 and why I thought he should make the team is because they he really offers something that they don't have in a pure receiving uh, tight end. He's not going to be brought in here to be a blocking tight end. They have uh, Ruckert, who's very good at that. They have Uzama, who's more than okay with that. He is interesting because he's a converted wide receiver to tight end, so the route running is going to be good. And then on top of that, you also have just the playmaking ability that we saw in the preseason. I don't think it's, it has anything to do with Rucker. They're going to carry four tight ends anyway. So uh, that one wasn't a concern at all. We're going to close out with Will from Dallas. All right, Will, take us home.
5: Hey, Matt. Will calling from Dallas. Um, week one is seven days away, and I couldn't be more excited. Um, I want to I start this question with a statement that I have the utmost believes that Zach Wilson is the guy. I think he's going to have a great year. Maybe not MVP levels, but you're going to see a lot of growth. But if for whatever reason he struggles, say the team wins five, six, maybe even less games than that, Zach Wilson doesn't look good, he's got all these weapons, I'm still a huge Joe Douglas fan, and I'm a big Robert Sala fan. Um, Do you think that that the Johnsons give – them a chance to draft the quarterback, whether that be C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, any of the other quarterbacks that are in this draft, do you think they get the shot to draft one guy and give him more time, or do you think Zach Struggles, it's Joe Douglas and Robert Sala out the door? Um, I'd like to see them get one more shot. I know not everybody is the biggest Joe Douglas fan. I am, um, but yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts, and as always, go Jets.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting, Um, and hopefully it doesn't come to that. I really, I don't want to be talking about quarterbacks in November, man. I'm really, I'm all good there. Um, I think it's very rare that you get to see a GM get another swing at the quarterback position after it fails, Uh, and if they're picking high enough to land a CJ Stroud in the top three, that means things probably went catastrophically wrong. Um, And if it's like there's so many variables here, like if it's only the quarterback and nothing else was uh, an issue, then okay, maybe they run it back. But if the defense stinks again, the offense regresses, like you don't really see much from any of the younger guys, the rookies. Elijah Moore doesn't take a step forward, stuff like that. I find a hard time for them saying, especially with Woody Johnson back, I think that plays a big factor in this, too. Is uh, Chris seemed a little bit more uh, loyal, where Woody is like, uh, he's, for all of his flaws, he very much so wants to win, I think. So I don't know if they would put up with having a top three pick again with this regime and say, okay, yeah, you could pick a new quarterback now. Uh, That I think would probably be unlikely, um, but I don't think it's likely the Jets are in that scenario to begin with. So uh, interesting question to close this out, Will. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episodes move to Wednesday starting next week, so we can do a little bit of a preview uh, and talk about all things New York Jets. We are here. We made it. Week one. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time.